You're listening to This Outside Life with Lori Kaler. Here we explore the lives of outsiders, those people who work or play in the great outdoors. At This Outside Life, we are committed to curing nature blindness and helping you step outside and step into wonder. Whether you like to enjoy nature by backpacking or from your back porch, there's something here for you to learn and appreciate about this amazing world we all share. Today, I'm talking with commercial fisherman Porter McHenry. When I look out to sea and I see these fishing boats out there, I wonder, what's it like to have that job? What's it like to try to find the fish? Why and how do they fish at night sometimes? So I interviewed Porter on his boat in the harbor, which means you're going to hear seagulls, engine noises, and various sounds during this on-site discussion about fishing. If you're like me, when I pick up my shrink-wrapped fish at the grocery store, I don't think or realize about what went into catching that meal. Or we think it's like the show Deadliest Catch. But I wanted to know, what's it like for the average commercial fisherman? What is their average day like? How did they get into fishing? And what other headaches and what amazing moments have they had? On this show, we will hear about the difference between coho and king salmon, how fishing for crab, anchovies, squid, and salmon are all different, and why whales make him cringe, and how his dad used to catch great white sharks, and how to keep a shark alive inside your boat. All this and more on today's show. And if you love fish, you'll be interested in the recipes that you can download for free on the website, www.thisoutsidelife.com fisherman. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button in your listening app so you don't miss other people sharing their stories of adventure on This Outside Life. Okay, so I'm with Porter McHenry on your boat. It's 35 feet? Yes. Fishing boat, and you mainly fish for? This boat, uh, mainly salmon, and we do Dungeness crab. So how do you how, how do you get into fishing? What if somebody says, you know, that just looks like a great life. Set your own hours. Go out when you want. Uh, how do you get into fishing? I feel like usually it's because you know somebody or you grew up around it. Yeah, my father fished his whole life. So it, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people got in like that or a friend or somebody they know gets them a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, they'll come down and get a job mm-hmm. um, with any boat they can and once they get a reputation other guys will hire them and so what's like the typical entry-level job you you get on a boat you know nothing about this what are you going to end up doing end up baiting crab pots that's usually people start mm-hmm. and what what do you put in there for the bait you put, uh usually sardines or squid this any kind of bait sardines squid anchovies rock cod carcass okay when most people think of fishermen, they think of the deadliest catch. What are some misconceptions that you're always running into when you say to people, I'm a fisherman? What are, what are the myths or misconceptions they have about your life? Um, well, there's a big difference between the Alaska and down here. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, they're, they live on the boat. They're, they're stuck there for months and yeah, hundreds of miles out. And 
we're, we're low key down here compared to that. So what's a typical day for you look like? Salmon, usually you can fish daylight. So you'll, uh, you'll leave a couple hours before daylight, depending where you think the fish are. Mm-hmm. And how do you figure that out? Hopefully you got a good friend or we'll try, you try different spots and you work with the other, your other fishermen. So are you guys using technology to find where the schools of fish are? Salmon, yeah, there is some, usually you're looking for some sort of bait in the water, some something. Oh, like when I see that disturbance and you see all the seagulls dipping around the water and it's sort of thrashing, that's... That's a good sign, yeah. A lot of, a lot of fishing, you look for the birds because they know where the bait is. So... When I read the, like that book, The Perfect Storm, and all that fishing off Gloucester out there, it sounds like they've all got some sort of sonar and they're tracking the schools. Is that true or what? Uh, yeah, we, we have similar equipment. Yeah. We have fish finders that when you go that just look directly below the boat, mm. tells you if anything's below. We have scanning sonars, which will look ahead into the side in front of you. How far does that reach? Uh, we usually run ours for uh, four or 500 foot range. So okay. it'll look side to side, 500 feet. But is it mainly just look for the birds and look where all the other fishing boats are? Yeah, you've got spots, you know, where you've gone before and done well, and you'll try that. You'll be going, or else you just start driving around, and you'll see some birds or something that looks good, and you try it, and if you catch. Okay, so when you're catching uh, salmon, first of all, tell us what's the difference between coho and king salmon. Coho, we call them silvers. They're, you're not allowed to catch those in... California. They're, Why is that? There's just a very limited run down here, mm-hmm. so they're protected. Uh, most of the ones we get are from Oregon. They'll come down here and feed and then leave, but the regulations don't allow us to catch them. Hmm. Uh, the king salmon, they're better eating anyways. Yeah, and what aren't they, are they different size and color? They're usually a little bit bigger and tend to be a little uh, have more oil, and a little mm-hmm. more flavorful. Mm-hmm. All right. And how much does a typical king salmon weigh? Uh, average is about 10 pounds. Okay, and do you use lines or nets? I mean, how do you catch uh, them? Yeah, we use trolling wires. So oh, wires. Okay, so I think I saw this as usual in a movie, but <laughs> you put out this big line and their hooks along the line? That's probably long lining. Okay. It's more like uh, <laughs> they do for the tuna on the East Coast. and Swordfish or whatever. Yeah, here okay. they, we have six lines. They're just stainless steel lines with a weight, and they, you send them down and you put maybe 10 hooks on each one. So up the length of the line? So every 15 feet, you'll put a, maybe a 20-foot uh, snap with a 20-foot fishing line and a hook on the end. And what you, do you use a lure to, to yeah, track them? Yeah, you'll have a lure. What's it look like? Look, some look like these oh, little squid. Yeah, like a little fake squid. With uh, a little... Just, there should be a bunch around here somewhere. <laughs> little metal uh, painted spoons, we call them. This little about three inches long. So what's a good day? Like how many do you bring in on a good day? Good days if you can get a hundred fish. A few huh. guys have had those earlier this season. Uh-huh. Um, lately, the guys maybe twenty fish a day average. Uh huh. This season runs from only like six months of the year. Is that right? It's on a full season. Usually, it opens May first and ends in the middle of October. Okay. And then after that, it's crab season. And then crab is November fifteenth through June thirtieth. And then you said you're down in Monterey fishing for... Right now I'm fishing for anchovies. And what's that season? Uh, mostly summertime. We do squid and anchovies in the summer. So you could be busy all year long. Yeah. <laughs> what's the slowest season? 
Usually uh, springtime, February, March, April is usually slow. So describe to me your perfect day. Go out and there's just a bunch of fish. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I mean, okay, so I get the impression you guys have to go to sleep at four in the afternoon and get up at, you know, 3 a.m. or something. What? What's your typical hour uh, for king salmon fishing? King salmon, usually you'll get up at, you know, three or four, depending mm-hmm. where you're at. The first day you get up and you got maybe an hour or two of travel. Mm-hmm. You'll fish from daylight till dark. And then uh, sometimes you'll just leave, just drift. Just leave the boat, you'll just drift on the water overnight and sleep. And then mm-hmm. wake up about half an hour before daylight and start fishing. Do you- Usually stay overnight when you're out fishing? Usually salmon's about a three-day trip. Oh, okay. Depending where you're at, you'll anchor up, or if you're out deep water, you'll just, it's not too rough out, you'll just stay out there. So I was hearing reports of something about um, people from Washington or Oregon coming down here to fish when it wasn't seasonal yet. Is that, explain that to me. That's probably it for crab. Ah, okay. So they come down here and take the crab before weekend, or what? Our district, this area, opens the earliest out of any crab on the west coast. And if they have a permit, they're allowed to come down here and fish. But there's, there's all, it's, it's really confusing because if their season's delayed, if they fish here, they have to wait 30 days to fish at home. So they have to make a decision. Is that really political? Is there? Yeah, and a bunch of guys ended up doing it the last few years. I thought it was technically illegal, but the fishing game just kind of let them get away with it. The famous fishing game department. <laughs> I heard a lot about them growing up in Wisconsin. So. Yeah. It's just like any business, you know. Yeah. So what's the worst day you had fishing? Have you had any really close calls or scary moments? We were fishing last winter, probably December down in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Santa Ana winds came up. Next thing we know, it's blowing about 60 miles an hour. And uh, we saw the net in the water, and it got tangled up. So we're trying to get the net back and get out of there. And it was a little shaky. So how many people are normally on a boat for, like, one of your runs? Uh, we, ha- we have five. Okay, so there are five of you screwing around, trying to get the net right. in. Yeah. And, yeah. We got we had a, a new kid, and he messed up, and the net got tangled up. And I bet there's some colorful language when that happens. <laughs> it's just, I mean, they're just trying to, hey, let's just get the net back, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was okay, but it was a little hairy. So your dad taught you to fish. Is his system or MO different than yours, or does he fish for the same things? Yeah, he was an excellent fisherman. He had the, just a natural talent. He could just knew where the fish were. He could smell them. I don't know. Oh. He just now uh, we have new equipment, fish yeah. finders, sonars. Everything's so improved. You know, I rely more on the technology to find them. Mm-hmm. But he he seemed to just smell him i don't i don't know <laughs> that's interesting so he didn't use sonar and all that he just kind of knew he, where it was yeah i mean he did late you know as it came about but he learned yeah. without that stuff so he had to learn to read the water better huh. and all the signs that you can kind of you don't have to now with the technology does he still fish today uh no retired about four years ago okay do you have a favorite fish you like to eat salmon's one of my favorite it's rich so it's hard to eat too much mm-hmm. all the time but, uh, you know, it's, once the season opens, there's nothing better than the first nice salmon. Uh, I, I like I like most fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even eat the anchovies. They're, I love anchovies. Yeah. They're, Not they're, many people like anchovies, but I think they're awesome. <laughs> no, they're delicious. But, yeah, and they're really good for you. So. Yeah. Uh, crab, I yeah. I love it. I don't eat it that much because 
I don't want to go home and deal with it. What do you mean, go, go home, home and deal with it? I have to cook it and clean it after oh, yeah. looking at it all day. Yeah. But a few times a year, we, we do the crab. And so what's your favorite way to prepare the crab or eat it? Do you like it just simple with lemon and butter, or how do you... Yeah, I just boil it and crack it with my okay. teeth half the time. And <laughs> <laughs> Have you participated in, or do you know anything about the safe or the catch share program? Not in my fisheries. That's more, I think, with the trawl. You know, the drag fisheries got into that. Yeah. It sounds really fascinating. Like, they go out and assess the population of all the fish and then decide how much each group can take, and then everybody's limited to that. So you don't have to rush out at the beginning of the season. You can fish whenever because everybody gets an allotment, and then the populations of the schools of fish start increasing more because people aren't depleting it so fast, is the way I understand it. Yeah, I mean, at the over the overall view, it's great. But mm-hmm. it's just really depends how it's managed. So it's it's not happening here among these. They mm-hmm. they do it with the the drag fisheries. Oh okay. Um, it's it can be good. It the downside is it's very limiting. Once they go to these catch areas, it's almost impossible for somebody to get into the fishery mm-hmm. because it, it uh, usually increases the value because you can own a share. Yeah. And a lot of people they can just lease it out and. Well, it sounds like the taxi cabs in New York. You know, once yeah. you had that sticker, which costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, then you had your, your meal ticket. Yeah, right? and then Uber comes along. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what has been uh, remarkable moments, like with bringing up a strange animal or whales alongside? Or Don't want a whale alongside. They've been close, but it's going to... If they hook on your salmon gear, they just rip everything apart. And um, Have you had that happen? I haven't, but I have a lot of friends that have and been real close. You know, they'll come up right beside the boat all the time, and you're just, like, cringing. Please, please don't catch my gear. Oh, uh, so they'll just take off. What do you do? Try to just cut it all loose? Or? Try to cut it. There's not, I mean, there's not much you can do. They'll, they'll <laughs> just pull it apart, and it's gone. You know, they're so yeah. big. And Does it injure them? I mean, do they get all I hooked up with hooks? And... I, I think they're so big, you know, and their skin's so thick, it, it's minor. Okay. You know, like a mosquito bite. Yeah. You know, I, I fear getting one in my net. That would be... <laughs> We've got some dolphins. You know, then we just open the net out, let the net go, and they, they swim out. Oh, God bless you. So you yeah, do, you let the dolphins a, out. You know, they're... Just, oh, no. But then you lose all the fish as well, right? Yeah. What about turtles? Have you ever caught uh, any turtles? I haven't caught a turtle. Hmm. We see them every once in a while. I haven't seen that many, but... What about squids and octopus? We get, well, when we target squid, we get a lot of... Hopefully a lot of squid. Oh. And how do you catch those? With a net. I don't know if you, you've seen the lights at night out here. Yeah. I yeah. always wonder, like, okay, what are they fishing for those out there? Those are the that... squid boats. Oh, all right. So I thought it was crab that had to fish at night, no? It's... Well, crab you can fish just 24 hours a day. Okay. Yeah, obviously, I'm completely yeah. ignorant. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, when I go, I mean, we got we just go, and then nighttime comes, you turn on the lights and just keep working. How is uh, squid... Fishing for that different than crab fishing. I mean, what do you do? Is it lines? Well, Is it we net? Have a net? Okay. So usually you go drop your anchor and, and uh, turn your lights on, and the squid, like an insect, they'll be attracted to the lights. That is, that feels like uh, what's illegal for deer. You know, what is that called? You, <laughs> you, you yeah. It, it's so you can do that with squid. Yeah. That doesn't seem sporting. They're still hard to find. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and catch. <laughs> okay. And then once they're hopefully enough collect, then you pull your anchor and try to set the net around them. If you get around them and the net closed up, then you got them. 
So what's your most lucrative? Is it anchovies, salmon, squid, crab? Uh, squid's probably been the best lately. Yeah. Followed by crab and then uh, anchovies. Just That's kind of something you do just to pay your bills and get by. Oh, the anchovies? Yeah. So is there a limit? Like you can only take so many pounds of squid or so many pounds of salmon? Yeah, squid's on a fleet-wide quota. That's 118,000 tons. When you say fleet-wide, do you mean all of this harbor, or do you mean For just your two? For the whole California. Two... Oh, wow. So if all the boats, we catch 118,000 tons, they close the fishery till next April. Uh, some years we've reached it, you know, in October, November. This year we barely even touched it. It's been a pretty slow year. Then my next question is, do you feel like the fish supply is decreasing, or what? No, it's it's very cyclic. You know, right now the anchovies, there's an unbelievable amount of them. There's just oh really? I mean, probably millions of tons out in, this, in the ocean around here. They've. I wonder had, if it's the warmer weather or what. I think. I mean, they go in cycles. Like the yeah. sardines, they used to have those big, big runs. Yeah. Um, last time we fished those was probably seven, eight years ago, and they've kind of disappeared. But the anchovies have came back by the. You know, thousands of tons. So when you're fishing for anchovies, you must see a lot more marine life, like whales and sharks and stuff down there, or no? Haven't. Last year, all the anchovies were in on the beach, and the whales were eating them. I don't know if you saw the whales last year. Yeah. This year, they're all, everything's offshore. Interesting. So I have hardly seen too many whales, but the salmon guys see them out in deeper water. Do you see blue whales, humpbacks? What do you see out Um, there? Usually a lot of humpbacks and gray whales. Yeah. Do see an, an, an odd blue whale? Um, if you're lucky, see some orcas. That's always oh, fun. Those are cool. Yeah. A lot of porpoise. Also, we'll see uh, a few dolphins. Yeah, we're pretty spoiled here. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> Have you had any amazing things with whales, like jumping up next to the boat? I was in Hawaii once, and one of, you know they do that breaching right next to the boat, and uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're so spoiled. We just, like, you know, they almost hit the boat. Wait, that happens to you? You've had that happen oh, uh, fishing? Right right next to you? Yeah, I mean, like, you just want to get away from them. How funny. There are people here in this harbor who pay to go out yeah. whale watching, and you're like, get away from my boat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we're spoiled. We see them all the time. So what have been your funniest moments out at sea? We have a lot of fun. I got three young kids on the boat, and they all got pretty good sense of humor. How old are your kids? They're not my kids, but there's 20. I got one at 25 and two 22 year olds. Oh, you mean the guys that work on the boat? Yeah. Oh, okay. The guys working for me. All right. We have fun. You know, you got to mess with each other. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like best about being a fisherman? It's a nice way to make a living and supply a great product. You know, it's good, healthy food. You know, it's, you know, most of the fisheries I know in the United States and especially California are very. They're set up so we're not damaging sustainable, mm-hmm. which is, you don't want to, like a farmer, you want to just harvest. You don't want to... Yeah, wreck your livelihood. Wreck your livelihood. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, you're in control, you know. I got to make my own schedule, and mm-hmm. I got three boys I got to deal with, but <laughs> <laughs> we're able to go out, you know, have fun. There's, we're all by ourselves most of the time. Mm. It's pretty It's pretty good. So does anybody not, do they all have to know how to swim, or is it, like, immaterial because you've got a life jacket on? They all, you should know how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever been in a fishing boat that went down? I haven't. One of the, one of these kids that got working for me from Santa Cruz, his boat sank maybe a month ago. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, we were out fishing anchovies and we heard it on the radio. And luckily, luckily our, um, I had a little 24-foot boat, salmon boat, and it just took water on and before you could figure out the problem and it, it went down. Wow. So our other friend just was going out and just was on the right course and saw him and picked him up. So it was... That was lucky. Yeah. So if I'm at the grocery store in the middle of the country, right, and I'm like, oh, they have king salmon here. There it is, wrapped in plastic. How fresh is that? Like, it's been caught here. How many days does it take to get there and show up in the grocery store? That's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it could it could be a couple days old. Mm-hmm. Most of the salmon trips are, you know, three-day maximum. Do you freeze it right away on your boat? No, or all iced. Or you just ice it, so. We clean it right away and ice it and mm-hmm. salmon probably has got you know close to a 10-day shelf life on it if it's oh just kept on iced iced oh. up and taken care of it's pretty hardy fish um you know hopefully the salmon comes in and if those you know markets for the real fresh fish they uh will fly it yeah and it could go anywhere if it's yeah. a good good market you know for the price uh, or else if it's you know frozen quickly that's about the best you can ask for and then they got the time on it so when you go on vacation do you say oh i'm gonna go do marlin fishing or go deep sea fishing? just like i don't want anything to do with fishing uh every once in a while it's yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> these kids that got working for me talked me in january hey let's go bluefin fishing down in san diego I said, all right nothing much was going on said, all right let's go so we went down there it got me drunk the first night <laughs> we never caught a fish <laughs> oh really <laughs> we went out for a day we never caught you're a professional fisherman, yeah. you didn't catch anything. There was, we drove around for a day and never caught a fish. Oh, what? I would always go with a guide or something. We had a guide. Oh. I had a boat, and yeah, right. they got them good the week before, and then the storm came and nothing. So is that your only fishing trip you've been on, or have you tried Lately. like trout fishing and that mm. sort of thing? I'm not that into trout fishing. You know, if I'm at the lake or I'll go bass fishing every once in a while, but I'm not, not that diehard. What's your biggest headache of being a professional fisherman? Uh, the headaches... First, you got to keep your boat running. So the mechanical the issues. Mechanic, they always, stuff always breaks. Um, so are you have you had any mechanical classes or just school of hard knocks? You just yeah. <laughs> you end up fixing everything on the boat. So over time, you you learn a lot of stuff. So you don't have to call and bring anybody in. You usually can fix not. it. Hopefully not. Most yeah. most things. You know, every once in a while, we call in somebody if it's like the new engines. A lot of them are uh, electronic. Oh. You got to hook up to a computer. The diagnosis, like your yeah. car. Yeah. Uh, the regulations, you know, you're always fighting regulations and seasons and... What do you mean by regulations? Like the uh, amount of fish you can catch or how... Sa- salmon's been... It's been pretty slow for the past four or five years. Them, yeah. Uh, this, this year's pretty good, but they they just didn't give a lot of fishing time. Mm. There te- seems to be a lot of fish in the ocean, but they didn't let the guys go fishing. So, we're so supposedly they're trying to build up the stock or maybe... Yeah, but the way I see it is... The fish come, they get there, they get about 5,000 fish for the eggs, and the rest hit the dams and just die. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, that's another, you know, we fight We fight with the uh, state and feds over salmon, and there's always uh, some groups will try to shut us down. They don't like us fishing. And why is that? Like, oh, uh, they think we're taking all the fish. So they don't understand the laws but, and how the fish and game department works? They don't, and they don't do the research. A couple of years ago, they tried to shut down anchovies, which is a very limited quota we have. So I think it's 25,000 tons for California. Last year, just in the local bay, the, the plane flew over and said there was 30,000 tons just within a mile right here. 
Oh. It's just, you know, so yeah. you, you got to have those fights. Um, they... So you don't stress or fuss if, like, oh, this is a slow year for this fish. It's like, well, it's a slow year. It'll pick up next year, maybe? Hopefully. Yeah. It just <laughs> hurts in the pocketbook, but... Yeah. That's life. Anything like that. Yeah. It's up and ups and downs. So how many fishing boats do you guys have that you use? So one down in Monterey for the yeah, that's anchovies. Our main, that's our main one. And this one you use for King Salmon, the one we're on now? The crew guy, he likes, he's, on his day off he goes fishing. <laughs> he gets mad because we're fishing so he can't go fishing. So I <laughs> said, so this guy, this kid needs a boat. So we bought this boat for him last year and we'll fish anchovies. He'll get in and he'll take this out in the afternoon and fish salmon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is he married? No, he's he's 25, and all three of the guy, kids that got working for me, they're, I don't know how their girlfriends put up with them, because we'll be gone all week on Saturday, you know? They go fishing. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what is, what is something you think that everybody should know about fishermen? Like, when you're buying your fish at the store, what do you think they ought to know about it? A lot of guys work hard to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty tough work. It's, it's great. Keep buying it. We then went outside, or got out of the cabin, and went to the back of the boat, the stern, and Porter showed me how all the lines worked for salmon, and the hydraulic wheels worked for the dropping the crab pots, and explained to me all the various workings of the back of the boat, and he talked to me about his dad fishing for great whites. This was kind of amazing. The back. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer salmon, anchovy, squid, crab? What do you prefer? I, I like the... The squid and the anchovy. Why? It's the the money's real good in squid. Uh, it's just fun. Salmon's probably the funnest, but it's what makes it fun. I just I don't know. You get a, you pull them in by hand. You know, there's not the pressure. So the squid fishery is very so many boats. It, it's a lot of pressure just the whole time. So many boats and it's so little. Yeah. Area you're right on top of each other and it's just. But the money's. Because the money's pretty been pretty good lately, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, crabbing, crabbing just a lot of work. You just go out, you put a pot. If it, there's no crab, you move it, try again, try again. It's, yeah. it's just a lot of a lot of physical work. So does everybody use the same bait? Pretty much. Yeah. You know, nobody's found the secret sauce to. You look, but it, fresh, some sort of fresh fish works good. Yeah. It's about the best. What about so you're way out there? Do you ever encounter big, huge, great whites? I've seen a couple of them. A couple of years ago, my friend got one in, the, in his uh, net, his oh. squid net. So oh. we all, everybody stopped fishing. We all went and just watched. You know, he got it, and I think they got the net, and they just let it out, you know, got it over the corks. But How big was it? It was had to be 12 feet or something at least. It was a pretty good one. Did it, it, must, did it tear up his net? It probably tore up his net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah I've seen one eat a, eat a dead a dead sea lion took a big bite one day I was going by it was cool my dad my dad used to fish him great sea lions great whites oh great whites why would he fish for great whites because he could <laughs> I think it was in the 80s he caught I don't know six of them and then and then do what with him he put one in a Steinhardt aquarium frozen serious it's he, hilarious he didn't know he was just kind of he was the first guy kind of to catch him but he he said they weren't they weren't that hard to catch when she kind of figured them out. So they went and the guys wanted to shut it down, and he went actually to Sacramento and, and was for shutting the fishery off. He says 
This way he probably had the most in California and shut it down so he could go out on top. Oh, that's hilarious. So I'd love to sit next to him watching the movie Jaws and see what he said. Yeah. That's, right. I think that's about when he started when that movie came out. Okay. He brought one in live one time. Serious? Yeah. A live one? So you just towed it alongside the boat? Well, they put it in the fish hole and put a hose in its mouth. Dead serious. The guy wanted a live one, but it was too big. And the guy said, well, I can't take this. So I think they ended up freezing it and put it in a frozen case in the aquarium. Wow. Okay. They used to have a lot of good stories. <laughs> All right. And so seals never try to get at your catch? Seals are terrible. In a word, they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. Last night, they just were trying to catch anchovies, and there was like down in Monterey, everywhere we went, there's 10, 20, 30 of them. They Is just, it usually sea lions or elephant seals or mixed? We. I've never seen an elephant seal. Oh, yeah. They they just must go deep water. I've never seen them in... Yeah, I've know, interviewed the, the guys down on Año Nuevo, and they said they, they can go a mile deep underwater. So. Yeah, they just... But, but they don't stay close. It's just the California sea lions. Is, there's like 30 of them, so we set the The net, squirrels for you? Like. And they chase them out of the net, and uh, try again, and chase them out of the net, you know. Uh, to run away, try to find a new spot. So there's nothing you can do to deter them? We've got, like, sea lion bombs. They're little, What's a sea lion they're little bomb? little explosives. So you, you <laughs> this doesn't them. sound legal. Is this legal? Yeah, no, they're legal, but they don't really work because I think it's more like a dinner bell. It doesn't really <laughs> scare them that much. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really work. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. Interesting. All right, so sea lions are your nemesis. Yeah, and they'll, you'll hook one on your, your hook for salmon, and they'll come up and then just rip it off. Drive you nuts, you know. They're, they're a pretty healthy population. There's, they've, you know, they're protected. And they're protected, yeah. So, aren't great whites their biggest predator, or what's? Yeah, you know, the orcas will eat them when they come through, but not, not, not too much eats them. I don't think. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. I've learned even more yeah. coming outside. I'll show you the salmon setup. Kind of interesting. So. You got six wires. So these wires, you know, it's like thirty pound, fifty. What is this the, weight limit? That's probably maybe three, four hundred pounds. Oh, okay. So you've got three big reels here with four hundred pound stainless wire. Stainless wire. And then you end up. You can engage one, so it'll spin with the hydraulics. Mm-hmm. You lift up your lead and send it down. Then every wow, so- those lead weights are huge. Yeah, this is probably fifty. 30, and are you move? Is about moving the boats? You're doing probably three, four miles an hour. Okay. And then you you end up taking. You'll clip these on. Take a clip, clip it on between between here so it stays, and then throw it out and it'll be trailing. You'll have like six or eight on each wire. Okay. And then you just how do you know? Can you feel it, or do you just wait a certain amount of time? If you see the, the poles. Yeah. You lay the poles down, and that that spreads the lines out, so you don't tangle with the other ones. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen that. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. That's what they're for. One, one line will kind of be right here, and another line will be out a ways, or else you tangle up and it's a mess. Uh, right. And then, when a fish bites, you can watch the spring, and it'll 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 shake the spring. How do you? I mean, you've got waves in the boats moving. How do you know? You, it's, it's just a certain look you can. It's tell. It's got a look to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know with a regular fishing pole, the way it dips when it's been. Yeah, hit. it's got a little different look when there's a fish on there. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, and so you usually have three lines out this way and three lines out that way? Yeah. And how many hooks and bait are in each line? Probably average six or eight. Oh, okay. 
you know, 40, 50 hooks. And do you ever get, speaking of <laughs> predators, these seagulls, do you ever get these guys trying to get your fish? They'll get you a few times. They usually just, I mean, the salmon, they can't really mess with you. They'll come eat a little bit of squid or anchovy, but it doesn't really bother you. I wonder you. about the fishermen up north. Do they have to worry about eagles? Because they're pretty... I think they do in Alaska. Yeah. I think they'll mess with the salmon. and I've heard... I, I don't really know that much, but I think they, yeah. they mess with them. The worst, worst thing they do is they poop on you, you know? <laughs> so how cold... Like, what's the coldest it gets when you're out fishing in the winter? Uh, down here, it's, it's not that bad. I mean... Yeah. It, what does it get into the 40s sometimes? It's, yeah, but if you're out on the boat and the wind's blowing and it's raining, well, I mean, are you out here when it rains? Like, or do you say, yeah, it's miserable? If it's there, a big storm, we, we we'll come yeah, in. Okay. Um, I mean, now I used to run the boat, the deck, and do all the work. And you're working, you're fine because you're busy, physical. Yeah. Now I just sit on a chair with a heater on and drive the boat. <laughs> I don't really do anything. Oh, so you're <laughs> telling all the guys what to do? Yeah, they, they do all. I just drive, you know, to the crab pots and. Usually we're crabbing in the winter, so. And how do you know which crab pot's yours? Is it the float? Like every float's good? painted a different color. Uh, so everybody, everybody's got their own. And you, you leave them. You got a mark on a GPS where you left them. Oh. So okay. you get close, and I mean, you end up getting next to other people's, but you can tell the difference. Yeah. On the float color. Is there a limit? Like you've got to pick it up within two days or something? You're supposed. I think you're supposed to check them every five days. There, there is a law. It's uh, this, but if big storm or the crab are fine, yeah. they'll they'll last weeks or months, or because they're filter feeders, they'll just they'll filter yeah. plankton out of the water. Yeah. They just don't they just sit there. Yeah. Well, cool. I've never been on a fishing boat. I see you guys out there all the time, and I see it with those lines like out like that, and yeah. I always wonder what's going on. Now I know they've got their their, their salmon salmon gear out. Cool. Yeah, they're fun. They're coming when you get one. You, and then you, you, you pull them in by hand, and then you, you either gaff them or they've got the net, scoop them up, put them in here, clean so them. So when you're pulling in these lines, are these guys wearing gloves? Um, sometimes. <laughs> these fish hooks, how big are these? Dang. So that's like a two-inch hook underneath this little fake squid. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would hurt. Have you ever been hooked by one of these by accident? Ah, of course. <laughs> Not too bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> What's the meaning of it? your boat name? How did you pick it? It was just, we bought it with the name, so. Oh, okay, just, so you didn't change it? We just left it. it, yeah. All right. We just bought this boat last year, I think. And what's the name of your other boat? The Merva W. And, the Merv- and what is that? That's my, grandfather, my grandmother's name. Oh. Yeah, my father named it after his mom. Oh. All so right. always name, name a boat after your mother or daughter, not your wife, because that could change. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so who here do you recommend that I buy um, crab or salmon from? Pretty much anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Just who's, who's got it at the day you're down, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, some guys are fishing, some guys are in and out. I stay out of that game. I, I don't like, I like to go unload mine to the, the wholesaler and go So you home. don't like to sell it off no, the dip? It's not worth the hassle for me. I don't like yeah. All right. Are the, most of the people do that? They just give it to the whole, sell it to the whole like Half and half, you know. Yeah. Some people they like the interaction. Mm-hmm. They like to sit down and sell, and yeah, you know, they get more money, but you miss fishing time. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. And that's yeah. uh. You know, How do they set the price for salmon? Like, is it just sort of 
oh, we feel like doing this this year. And so many lives and their livelihoods and their families depend on this price. So how do they set the price? Is it? I don't really know. But it depends on the, the Does fish and game set it or is no. it the wholesalers? It's, it's your, the wholesalers. You know, I guess dependent on the markets and the, the quantity coming in. So they sort of gauge how much is coming in, and then yes, it starts usually not that much. They want the fish, so they raise the price because there's a high demand and low volume. And then if we start catching more, they lower the price. Just kind of fluctuate on the volume. Yeah, I've always wondered like what who we, sets that price. Oh, uh, we try it sometimes. Like we try to go on strike, and then other people are out fishing when you're trying to get a price. It's a nightmare. So yeah. it's it's huh. very difficult. But it's been the price has been pretty good lately for salmon yeah what is it right now i think for the wholesaler i think it's seven eight dollars uh beginning of the year it was up to twelve dollars a pound yeah my husband just bought some the other day off a boat here and it was incredibly yummy it was just uh, yeah yeah we're, we're big fans of king salmon good. yeah <laughs> fresh like yeah you can't beat it so where does the salmon around here go inland i mean they go up these it's streets, all so... sacramento river system oh it is yeah so how do you guys feel about the farmers and ranchers along the Sacramento River? <laughs> I mean, their their policies and, and using a dam or whatever affects the it's, salmon it's, run, right? It's an ongoing just fight, you know. Those guys, they need food. There's just too many people in California. We've dammed every river system. We're trying to get programs. Instead of fighting the farmers, kind of work together. They release, they truck, I think, almost a million fish down to Half Moon Bay put them in a net pen and release them every year and that that's a million fish that make it out of the river system wow so they have to do that because of all the damming they've done well the damming um yeah the slow water years they those they pump so much water southern california the baby salmon thinks that's the way to the ocean because all the flow goes that way and then they don't make it to the ocean oh that's so sad yeah there's a lot of i think they were when they put the dams and they were supposed to hatch like a hundred million fish, and they only do maybe eight to ten million. They didn't. Uh. So it's a constant fight. Um, but the last few years, fishing game has been working on these other programs. Um, the salmon seems to be coming back. Yeah, you, so you can tell it's coming back. But there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of small fish this year under under commercial size, but next year it looks really good. So everyone you bring in, these salmon, you have to look at it and make sure it's the right size or you have to throw they, it over? Yeah, I think twenty. I think it's 26 or 27 inches. So do you just guesstimate that or do you actually measure every single them. fish? I should have a mark here somewhere. Oh, know. you just hold it up to your yeah, mark You'll there. have a mark, lay it in here and you know try to net it if it's close. Mm-hmm. They're smaller fish. Measure it real quick. If it's too short, let it go. And you have to do every single one. Yeah, I mean a lot of them are, are big enough. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it. Just the ones that are close. And it doesn't matter whether you've got a female full of eggs or not. You, you can't tell until you go to clean them. The way our river systems are, they get plenty of fish to spawn. I mean, they get the first. I think it's like five thousand fish they need for their hatcheries, mm-hmm. and then the rest they'll tr- try to lay in the river. But the rivers are all dammed, so there's not enough space for them. All right. So there's nothing you don't like about except for the mechanical issues of well you got your you got your bad days you know and (laughs) you don't get anything how do you judge like when if the fishing hasn't been good and you know you're 
using a lot of fuel, which costs money to go out. How do you judge whether or not, oh, should I go out or not, or what? If you go for three, four, five days and don't catch anything, you give up for a while. Wait till you hear something better. So where do you, do you, are people on the internet talking about where the well, salmon are? You, you've got, everybody's got their group. You know, mm-hmm. two or three, four guys that you're real close and talk all the time. And then everybody else knows a few more guys. So everybody's talking to each other pretty, and you Pretty can much. It's just, by the end of the day, everybody knows what's going on. There's no secrets. Okay. All right. <laughs> so is there a certain place here that everybody hangs out and trades stories or no? I mean, we, we go to Catch Joanne. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes in there and eats. And I mean, there's probably been more fish caught at that restaurant than anywhere. Good <laughs> <Get your own. laughs> All right. Cool. This is, I've learned, I didn't know I was going to learn this much more out here. Thank you. I found this interview with Porter McHenry just fascinating. And to all you serious fishermen out there, I apologize for my ignorant questions. But I figure go ahead and ask the dumb questions, because there are probably people listening like me who have no idea what this sort of life is like. And if you know of someone who has a job or hobby that's outdoors, and you think it would make for an interesting show, send an email to ideas at thisoutsidelife.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in all things related to fishing, like what's the cost of running a fishing boat for the day, and what's the cost of some of these fishing permits, they range from $5,000 up to over a million just for a permit for one of these kinds of fish. So go to the website, thisoutsidelife.com slash fisherman, and you can read all about it. I'll have pictures of Porter on his boat, and P.S. ladies, he is married, And you can download a dead simple recipe for salmon. You know, it's so simple, a 10-year-old could put this together. When you have great fish, you don't need to make it complicated. So hit your subscribe button on the app that you're listening to this podcast, and then head over to the website to download these free recipes. And look at all the photos, www.thisoutsidelife.com slash fisherman. Thank you so much for listening to This Outside Life. And thanks to our great guest, Porter McHenry, a hardworking commercial fisherman. Be sure to click on the subscribe button in your listening app so you don't miss out when a new outsider comes on and shares their story. Then, share the podcast with friends. Don't forget to step outside, step into wonder, and enjoy this outside life. See you next time.